0: Good morning, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Talking Games with Kelly and Andrew. I'm Andrew. I'm Kelly. It's good morning. It's before noon.
1: Right. That Which feels. Is why we're saying morning.
0: It feels weird, doesn't it?
1: It does. I don't feel like awake fully, even though I've been awake for like five hours. Um, it doesn't feel good to me.
0: Well, I'm. I'm sorry. Uh, I don't know what to say because now we're about to make a podcast. <laughs>
1: I'm just kidding. I actually feel fine. I I wake up early now because I'm old, so
0: Yeah, I do um, it this, too.
1: This is not a non issue for me. Although it's just I, interesting because we typically don't record this early unless it's like a holiday or something.
0: Right. Even when it's a holiday, it's usually like we'll record at like one or two. But today we start at eleven AM. Yeah. Not to like timestamp stamp us, not to current day us. <laughs> oh, that's a good discourse. Are we allowed to bring that up? I'm gonna bring it up. Did you see that video, Kelly?
1: Uh, no, I don't think I did.
0: There's a video of some bald gamer, he's a streamer. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: yeah.
0: Yeah, I just like so. This guy, if you don't know, don't look it up, you're fine. But this man is screaming how mad he is that Starfield has pronoun selection at the start. (laughs) And you know, I think most logic like a lot of the comments on his video are like, Yeah, say it, boy, but all of them have blue check marks. So I'm like, I don't trust you.
1: Always, always.
0: Um I wonder why blue check marks get the to be first in line on the the reply chains that's so strange. Um but like how long have you been able to choose gender in RPGs? Forever. Yeah. As long just, as D&D has existed, you've been allowed to pick a gender.
1: It's just
0: <laughs> It's
1: just rage bait. It's just to get people to talk.
0: Yeah. That's I mean that guy it. probably made money care. off of it.
1: It's not affecting their lives in any tangible way. They just want to be mad and they want to signal to other people that they are bigoted. Yeah. Um so that they can retain a bigoted audience. Yeah. I just think it's funny that he's like I I'm not playing this game anymore. He's like Australian or something or yeah. British maybe. One of those two. One of those two. He's like, I'm not playing this game anymore. I'm done. And it's like, bro, you paid thirty dollars for the early access. Like, <laughs> yeah. this is embarrassing for you.
0: Yeah, he paid a hundred bucks to play this game four days before everybody else, and now he refuses to play.
1: Yeah, it's like, ooh, you should have kept that to yourself.
0: That's, I, it's just silly. I'm like, dude, it's, you've always been allowed to say. Also, it is a a two second thing, pick and yeah. move, and then you don't even think about it once. Just pick he, him and move. You know. Yeah because we know he would never do she her on that
1: but if he did that then he wouldn't be able to make a video that he could post on twitter and be mad about or i'm sorry post on x
0: oh yeah right right, oh yeah x blue is it still called blue is it x blue
1: i don't know that That sounds sounds like a bit like an adult website yeah
0: that sounds like porn straight up (laughs) oh i subscribed to x blue and it's like why would you say that publicly
1: yeah, it's like, we didn't need to know your tastes like that.
0: Uh, my tastes are uh, Mario Bros. I like to play the games.
1: Right, right.
0: I realized how that sounded, so I had to I had to skirt around.
1: I know, I was thinking like, of saved this one.
0: I didn't. I'm just going to move on. Yeah. Hope everybody forgets what I've done.
1: I'll never forget.
0: Uh, well, Nintendo never forgets. Uh, and by that, I mean they posted a direct... A Mario Wonder direct... Sorry, Mario Bros. Wonder. I hate that it's not Super Mario Wonder. Why is it not Super Mario Wonder? It's Super Mario Bros. Wonder. Because they're all in Wonder.
1: it. Luigi's in it. Peach is in it. Daisy's in it.
0: I know, but Super Mario Wonder... Well, they're not the bros. Yoshi's not Mario's bro.
1: They're like the Royal Bro. You know, like the Royal... Sup, bro? like them. <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah. Uh, anyway, Super Mario Bros. Wonder got a 15-minute direct presentation... Uh, Sort of a prerequisite, there was also an interview where the directors confirmed that there was zero time limit on their prototype phase, which if you watch uh, gameplay footage, it kind of shows. Like, this game is full of wild ideas, and it really proves that maybe uh, giving developers the time they need to develop ideas can create really wild games. Obviously, I have not played it. Previews are very positive, though, and this direct really got me excited. A lot to talk about, but I'll kind of skip around. They just showed a lot of new enemies, um, gave a lot of insight into the new power-ups, such as Elephant, um, which, you know, is exactly what we needed to see, and also we got to see Princess Peach as an elephant now. Um, They confirmed the full roster of characters, which is Mario, Luigi, Toad, Toadette, Peach, Daisy, four different Yoshis, and Nabbit the Rabbit. Um, Yoshis and Nabbit can't get power-ups, and they have special abilities, and they can't take damage. So that's kind of cool, but you can just switch between all of them. They all have the same movement abilities. So that's kind of different because it used to be like, oh, Peach can float, Luigi can jump higher, Toad's faster. Now they're all across the board the same, which I think kind of benefits the level design to an extent because it's like everything's designed for one character versus nine. Um, And then I think the most important feature that they showed off, in my opinion, is the badge system. So you can use your in-game currency, these purple coins that you're getting, to buy badges, which give you special abilities. So sometimes you have, like, an extra jump, or you have a grappling hook, or you have the ability to, like, run up a wall a little bit. It's really, it seems small, but as a platformer fan, I think it's a huge game changer, and I'm excited to see that. Also, the ability to spend your collectibles on something is a good thing. You know, collecting coins in Mario is fun, but if it goes nowhere... What's the point? Right. So, uh, Kelly, are you excited for Elephant Mario and Peach?
1: I am. I'm very excited. And I wanted to mention something that you said that uh, the game has been given a lot of time to create some wild ideas. I think you should have said wondrous ideas. But I also am thinking... Oh! No! Won't anyone please... For the love of God, think of the poor shareholders who are like, please, please release this game. And they were like, no, we want to develop a game that will be fun to play. And those poor, suffering shareholders had to wait like two years for a Mario game.
0: Those poor people.
1: Won't anybody please think of rich people? Please.
0: I'm thinking about rich people at all times, that's that's the primary <laughs> thing I think about.
1: Uh, no, I'm excited. I think I, I you know, I'm not going to play this game. I'm not a huge Mario head, like some of us on this podcast.
0: Hey, um, hey, we don't have to point me out. Sorry,
1: sorry, sorry. Um, I do think it's cool that you can play as Peach and Daisy. Uh, I think Daisy needs a little bit more love.
0: Mm.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Toadette, not so much. She is a terrible person she has Toyota. done what the bad things what and that? i will not be forgiving her and she knows what she did
0: daisy's um, a literal war criminal
1: well she's also a teenage girl so
0: is she a teenager
1: no i just said that
0: how old is daisy all right i'm
1: just memeing you know
0: how old is? <laughs> i did like the one Princess little guy
1: daisy. his name's his name's florian he's like a little prince he's oh, like he's a so little caterpillar cute. prince he's very cute
0: um, it's estimated that she's between 19 and her early 20s. Yeah, she's a,
1: she's a teenager. She's
0: estimating that.
1: Me. On this podcast.
0: <laughs> what an odd thing to estimate.
1: Yeah. Oh, she I'm was excited. born on
0: April 21st,
1: 1999. Oh. I think that's just so when her a... game came out. Yeah. I mean, she was technically born then, I guess. Uh, this she was game born in out...
0: Houston, Texas. Oh. She's a Taurus.
1: She's that's she's where married. Beyonce's from. She's Christian. Are you just looking at Beyonce's Wikipedia page?
0: I'm looking at uh what is this this I don't know how she's, to pronounce it. She's a
1: Christian. <laughs> it says she's
0: religion, Christian.
1: She's a good Catholic woman.
0: Instruments, vocals, guitar bass, synthesizer, violin, flute trumpet, species human, skin color, oh. Caucasian. Hair wow. color, ginger. Alignment, good. Ginger Favorite food. Hamburgers. Mm-hmm. Favorite color? Brown hair. Orange. Allies, Luigi. Enemies. Tatanga.
1: Her and Luigi are each other's beards. Uh, Um, Likes. I will not be expanding on that.
0: One of her likes is Luigi. Well. Her dislikes is uh Waluigi. Right,
1: right, right.
0: Daisy is a young woman and is shorter and stouter than Peach, but she's taller than Luigi. She has fair skin. Uh, big round light blue eyes with two eyelashes on each
1: okay a small nose
0: round cheeks and thin eyebrows
1: if you guys care about daisy like andrew apparently does you can read her wikipedia her her, mario pedia page uh i don't Um, know what this i don't know mushroom i
0: just i just clicked on the first one it doesn't matter according to the theory of crazy daisy's Uh, being her servants, she seems to have musical interests uh, as she raps in the song called Save Me With Your Charm on the Super Mario Compact Disco.
1: This game comes out October 20th.
0: Oh yeah, that, sorry.
1: That's okay. Uh, Very soon. She's Christian. It's a good Christian holiday. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) Avoiding the horrible pagan Halloween, All Hallows' Eve. Is that a pagan holiday? All Hallows Eve? All I Halloween. don't know. I'm I a... think All Hallows Eve is the night before Halloween. I gotta brush up on my Halloween lore. I guess I, was... I better open the Halloween Wikipedia.
0: How... Wouldn't it be like Halloweenopedia?
1: Yeah, but that might be like the John Carpenter
0: oh. Halloween. What about like Hallopedia?
1: i don't know that might be like a hello kitty hello hello
0: hello 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 (laughs) hello kitty
1: hey does anybody want to hear any video game news
0: yeah we're 16 minutes into our recording
1: so uh you know there's a game coming out in a couple weeks an expansion for a game called cyberpunk phantom liberty
0: yeah i know about that Mm -hmm.
1: okay good i'm glad you know i'm glad you're in the know um CG- CD Project Red was basically like, yeah, we're only doing one DLC, quote unquote, for uh, Cyberpunk because we want to move on to Unreal Engine 5. Um, and we don't want to be technically limited by that. Uh, I think this is, I feel like they're over explaining because The Witcher only had one DLC, right?
0: No, I have Blood and Wine and that other one. House but of Ashes, but they're I make that up.
1: No, yeah, you. That's that's a super massive game, House of Ashes.
0: I got it. You keep talking, I'll find it. Um,
1: I feel like they're over explaining a little bit because I don't think anybody expected more out of Cyberpunk than than Phantom Liberty because it's it's an expansion, so it's a little bit more than just a standard DLC. Um,
0: Hearts of Stone.
1: Hearts of Stone, and The Witcher Three had expansions, and they were pretty hefty, and there are only two of them. Yeah. Um, and I think it makes sense that they're moving on to Unreal Engine 5. They have talked about wanting to do it, so I think they're just over-explaining a little bit. But I, I think that they might feel like they're in a position where they need to over-explain. Yeah. Um, just because of everything that happened with Cyberpunk's development and initial rollout.
0: I just... So. I... We are talking about like that unlimited prototype phase. I feel like Cyberpunk got that, but then as soon as they were out of the prototype phase, they were like, all right, now you have to hurry. A lot. Because like in prototype, they talked about like it'll come out when it's ready, when they announced it, right? And that was like seven years before it came out. I don't mm-hmm. know. That's just a thought I'm having. But also, this DLC looks crazy huge. There only being yeah. one seems fine to me.
1: Yeah, especially when you consider that the 2.0 update is also happening in um in conjunction with this DLC with Phantom Liberty, which is going to be a huge base game update. So it's kind of like and they've been continually updating the game. It doesn't necessarily feel like this is bad. Like I mean, I I'm not like I don't know who was expecting more than Phantom Liberty. I was surprised that we were getting Phantom Liberty at all because It just seemed like such a disastrous launch, and people were very mad, and really their reputation didn't, not reputation, but the buzz around Cyberpunk didn't really turn around until Edgerunners, in my opinion, and that's kind of when public perception shifted to being more in favor of the game again. Yeah, because the game had been fixed before that, right? Yeah, they had been continually fixing it before Edgerunners, and then it kind of got a boost because people were revisiting the game after watching the anime and realizing that it was improved technically um do you i think there are obviously still people who probably are unhappy with like certain narrative aspects of the game and certain like game design things that just aren't what cyberpunk was ever going to be um i'm not sure if that's a case of like bad expectations set by the company by the marketing or by the player I'm not really sure, but uh, the 2.0 update is going to be very, very large and the expansion if you choose to buy it. And obviously they're going to continue with this universe in the future. So it's not going away anytime soon, I don't think.
0: Do you think that edge runners was a, you might actually know the answer, but do you think edge runners maybe was like, they were aware of how good it was going to be, how well it was going to be received. So they thought it might just be like a means of bringing goodwill back to the game. Or was it in development long before the game even came out?
1: I'm really not sure. I think that it was in development before the game came out. But I don't think it was necessarily in development for, like, years and years. I think it probably was in development around the same time that the game was coming out. And maybe they... I don't know. I would like to get... Like, in, a, in like, 20 years, if there's, like, some sort of, like, expose or something about, like, what really happened behind...
0: Ugh, I would love that.
1: ...the cyberpunk development process, I think that would be very interesting. I'd read a whole book, the whole book, genuinely. Yeah. And all the sort of, like, supplementary stuff around it. I just feel like... I'm not really sure. I don't know if they thought it was going to buy Goodwill. I think that Netflix probably saw... A lot of good returns on the Castlevania series, and they knew that they could capitalize on these—not cheap, but not as expensive, obviously, as live-action video game adaptations. Mm-hmm. Which is why we've got like Edge Runners, and um, you know they had like Dragon Age Absolution, and Dragon's Dogma, Dragon's Dogma, yeah, and the Witch—they had a Witcher animated series, Did so. They? Yes. Wow. <laughs> um, completely under my radar. Yeah. So they like, you know, I think there is, there was just a demand for it. I do think it's interesting that Edge Runners still happened because, and and I think that is because it was in development before the game came out. Yeah. Um. I don't think they would have made it after the game came out, but I'm not really sure. It's hard to say like business decisions happen in a different room a room that I am not in so who knows
0: cyberpunk also made absolute gangbusters amount of money regardless of the public discourse so Mm -hmm. maybe some you know some of the people involved in that decision were like it made money who cares yeah Yeah, definitely definitely.
1: and I think that the world existed before there was a framework for the world before because it's based off of a tabletop role playing game Mm -hmm. so I think that Knowing that they were able to be a little bit more like, oh, oh, we've got we've kind of got the world built already. We don't have to do we don't have to do the heavy legwork of like creating something brand new. And I think it helped that the creators and developers of Cyberpunk were so so open, and have been super open since about what's going on and you know how they really feel and you know, what they want, what they envision for the game and how they're, like, trying to make that vision what it should have been on release, so to speak.
0: (sighs) I have some bad news, Kelly. Yeah. Uh, What is the bad news? Our friends over at Volition, we don't know anybody at Volition, but I think they're probably good people. Um, You know, behind the uh often esteemed saints row series i say often because it may have missed the mark on this last entry but honestly i like when i think back on all the other ones there was a lot of positivity behind them they were kind of a cultural a moment you know i feel like saints Mm -hmm. Row three and four when they came out were kind of a big deal definitely um they were bought by embracer 10 years ago 2013 um embracer obviously a mega corporation that likes to buy video game studios uh volition unexpectedly due to restructuring at embracer is no more no warning uh presumably any projects in development are just thrown away uh, this sucks this really this really does suck like to have a game studio and obviously it's not like embracer bought them to shut them down cuz there was 10 years between that happening yeah But Embracer not just being like, all right, we're putting Volition on the market or like we're making Volition independent because Embracer had the keys to the whole studio. They just shut it down instead of allowing it to like like I think Volition, if it went indie, could have done some crazy cool things, you know, without the crazy pressures of like AAA gaming that kind of put it in the box that made the new Saints Row happen. I think they could have done some really interesting things and they clearly have a lot of talented people there, you know say what you want about the new saints row like a lot of people think it's bland and stuff and that's fine that's valid but like technically that team knows how to make games well so it's just a really sad day when a studio doesn't even get warning you know it's just done
1: yeah i think that this is um it's really disappointing i think that it's hard when it's like they always talk about restructuring and restructuring there's I think there's a lot of um not I think there are a lot of layoffs and quote unquote restructuring happening in a lot of industries right now I think there is a bit of an economic downturn happening and I think stuff like this just sort of is a reminder that you know we like play these games and we love them and it's like I remember playing Saints Row 3 when I was in high school and being super excited for 4 Um, and like we play these games and we get really attached to the worlds and the characters and, and the story. And then, you know, at the flip of a switch, it's like, it's done, it's over. Um, and people, people's livelihoods are sort of up, uprooted. People are forced into positions where, you know, maybe they have to go find a different job at a different company or maybe they have to change their life it's like it's just it's 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 really a bummer um yeah
0: it's such a dollars and cents decision instead of like a human or creative decision
1: it is and it's sad and i fear that we will probably see quite a bit more of it going forward um
0: i mean there was some this year and there's some word about gearbox having some restructuring and that's also owned by embracer and like Gearbox, I feel like, is a similar team to Volition in some sense, like, the way their output has gone, the direction their output has gone. But, like, mm-hmm. that'd be another crazy hit. if, Like, if it's a couple executives, I don't care. But, like, if they're knocking out a ton of employees, that's just not good. It's hurtful. It's yeah. damaging to the industry and, more importantly, to those people's livelihoods.
1: Yeah. And, I mean, this happened, like, two or three weeks ago with Bioware they lost 50 people yeah they 50 people were laid off I hate that word just say you're just say that you fired them like laid off is such a gentle I don't know and it's like I think the thing too is like this is just a a symptom of what's going on with you've got these huge Sony Microsoft and these huge like monsters and they have there's these they're not even tiny studios but in comparison, they're so small; they just can't do anything. They can't yeah. do anything versus, you know, versus what the industry really is right now. Yeah, and it's just it's it's kind of alarming. And I mean, it's more it's more than anything, it's sad.
0: And it's funny. Cause so you talked about like layoffs versus like just getting rid of people. I've been reading Blood Sweat Pixels, which is a a book about uh, different video games development cycles and. The first major section of the game is about Pillars of Eternity, which is uh, Obsidian. Mm -hmm. And Obsidian for a while was independent, completely independent. Um, And obviously they worked on Fallout New Vegas, so a lot of people knew who they were. But they were trying to make it on their own um, without the need of any IP or anything. So they did a Kickstarter and all this stuff. But before that happened, they were relying on a bunch of different avenues that weren't working out. And they had to lay people off because they had no money. And they were independent. And like situations like that, they stink, but I kind of like see a lot more validity in that because I'm like, okay, they literally don't have money to pay these people. Like mm-hmm. if they kept them around, they wouldn't be able to pay them, which wouldn't be fair. Whereas something like Volition, you know what? Or just something like you're talking about like EA and BioWare, EA has infinite money. Come on. You yes. can afford to pay these people, you're just choosing not to because it doesn't make sense in your current vision. Because it doesn't, you know, it makes like a $500,000 difference to have these Mm -hmm. people. Well, it's 50 people, right? $5 million difference, let's say. $5 million is nothing. That's nothing. Just pay the people. Let them continue to work.
1: Especially like like in Volition's case, they've been around for like 30 30 years. That's crazy.
0: That's like the majority of the video game industry like existing.
1: Yeah, literally. It's crazy.
0: Just overnight poof.
1: Yeah, it's very disappointing. And like I said, I think we'll probably hear more stories like this as the year goes on and as we go into next year. Yeah. Um, but, you know, moving on to our next news story, which is uh, not as disheartening, but disheartening <laughs> in a different way, I guess. <laughs> um, according to Bethesda and uh, Mr. Howard... Uh, Elder Scrolls 6 is officially in early development, (laughs) Mm. which is really funny because it's kind of like, if you think about it, (laughs) we saw a JPEG, to borrow some terminology from our friend of the show, Cameron, uh, we saw a JPEG of this game like five years ago Yeah, uh, at the game, at uh, Summer Games... uh, E3. E3. Oh my god, that was back when E3 was... Still kind of a big deal.
0: And Bethesda was still doing it, yeah.
1: And yeah, and Bethesda was still at E3, and Bethesda was not owned by Microsoft yet. Uh, Many things have changed since we saw that JPEG, except for uh, Elder Scrolls (laughs) 6 still being in early development. So, uh,
0: how that's five years in pre production.
1: That's a really long time in pre production. I guess I don't really understand why. Bethesda is a pretty big studio I guess I don't really understand how it can't be like they were working on Starfield for a long time but they weren't working on anything else at the same time I'm not sure I get it they were working on Fallout 7 don't worry they released Fallout 76 Uh, but God forbid we do any work towards Elder Scrolls
0: 6 I feel like that's the thing is this is probably just the Starfield team and they didn't get to start till they finished Starfield and it's like why would you announce them both the same day then
1: I know and the thing with Starfield is they're like it's it's still they're still going to be working on it. There's obviously going to be a lot of I mean the team's probably pared down quite a bit now with more focus on this early development of Elder Scrolls 6, but they're obviously going to be working on support for the game and DLC stuff. Yeah. which I'm sure is coming, but it's like really? because we saw this in 2018 yeah, the world was a radically different place in 2018 okay
0: i feel like 2028 is like the best case scenario for this game so 10 years <sighs> is the minimum turnaround it's like you idiots why did you
1: and not even 10 years like 10 years from the announcement yes. not even 10 years from the last it'll be like 20 years since the last game almost yeah, I
0: mean, because that was 2013
1: skyrim came out in 2011
0: 2011 oh my god you're right it will probably 11 there's a decent 10 chance year, it's The 10 years. year
1: anniversary was two years ago that means if elder scrolls 6 comes out in 2028 20, eight it'll have been like eight it'll have been like 17 18 it's like it, 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 i can't wrap my head around it i get it like i understand it's a huge game and these games keep getting bigger and bigger and bigger but I can guarantee you, when you're playing Elder Scrolls 6 you're still going to get the same animations that you were getting in Oblivion in 2008, okay? Yeah. That's just the Bethesda way. Um,
0: we say I that. Don't know. We're going to be talking a lot about Bethesda next week, I'm sure.
1: Yes. <laughs> it's going to be quite a Bethesda-heavy... We're going to have Todd Howard on the show. What?
0: Uh, wow. Yeah, surpri-
1: surprise, Andrew. I... I I called in some favors. You
0: booked Todd. And
1: I booked Todd. I found him on Cameo. And I said, (laughs) instead of $5 for a 30-second video, I'm going to pay you $100. And then you can come on Talking Games with Kelly and Andrew for an hour and talk all about uh, Elder Scrolls Six Because that's why we're talking about Bethesda a lot, right? Next week, right?
0: Because Todd Howard's going to be on the show?
1: Right. Right. Yes. Not. There's no other Bethesda thing happening in the next couple of days, right? Uh. Uh-uh. Uh. Right.
0: Okay. I'll just say it on the air because I want to embarrass myself. I was talking about how how Starfield was coming out on Friday, and Kelly was like, "No, it's not." And I was like, "What do mean? It's coming out Friday, Kelly. Shut up." And she was like, "It comes out Wednesday, but like it's playable Tuesday evening." And I was like, "No, it's not, Kelly. Stop that." And then she just showed me a receipt, and I was like, oh. Uh, <laughs> I just completely misunderstood when this game was coming out.
1: I It's okay. I didn't even know the release date until I saw people playing Early Access on Twitter. On yeah. X. I'm sorry.
0: <laughs> no, it's Twitter. It's Twitter.
1: <laughs> but I was like, oh, okay, so it's in Early Access now, so maybe it comes out on Friday. And then I checked my Xbox app on my PC, Um And I saw that I could preload it, and I was like, "Oh well, let me just get that out of the way." And then I was like, "Okay, you can play this Tuesday night at 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time."
0: What a weird time to release the game, though. 8 p.m. Eastern Standard. I thought
1: it came out 11 a.m. on Wednesday, but then I was getting—I confused myself because that's Baldur's Gate came out at 11 a.m. on like a Thursday. Why don't Um, games
0: just come out at midnight? Come on, guys! I don't I'm know. confused and stupid.
1: <laughs> I am two things always confused and stupid. If you could clear <laughs> things up for me, that would be awesome.
0: Uh, something that PlayStation cleared up for us, uh, plus PlayStation Plus is about to spike in price. Um, the monthly prices are going to be unchanged, so if you're playing monthly, don't worry about it. But if you're playing paying annually, PlayStation Plus. Essential, which is the base one, is going from sixty to eighty. PlayStation Plus Extra, which comes with a bunch of PS four and PS five games every month. Well, overall, they add things every month, but it's just this giant library is going from one hundred twenty to one hundred thirty five dollars. And then PlayStation Plus Premium. I am sorry, I have the the original prices wrong. That wasn't one twenty. It switched from a hundred to one hundred thirty five. And then PlayStation Plus Premium, which also includes a couple PS two. One and PSP games, that's switching to $159.99 instead of $120. Um, this is a huge, huge spike. 33% is a lot to add. Um, it means that I am definitely done with PlayStation Plus Premium because I've been on the fence. I'm like, oh, well, maybe I'll switch to extra because it's less. And I do not, under any circumstance, play the playstation 1 2 or PE games even i like that they're there but like i don't touch them
1: it's such an absurd price hike for the catalog of games that they actually have on even on premium yes well that's Um, the thing
0: is i feel like extra is a fine deal why is premium so much more though because it doesn't there's like no difference almost
1: and and the thing with like ps3 games you can't even you can't even play them i mean you can but it's like you have to stream them It's so annoying. It's like this is so, ugh. and even just like the essential going up to eighty dollars—that's a lot. That's a lot. I'm sorry, that's a lot of money. I know people. I know we spend seventy dollars on games now, so it seems the, like eighty. The, the monthly not games that also bad. suck.
0: Like the monthly games have not been good for a while, which means yeah. we're paying eighty just for the online play, and that's a lot yeah. of money.
1: Eighty dollars just to get, have people yell at you in Call of Duty lobbies. No, thank you. I mean I mean I just I don't know about all that. I don't I don't understand unless they're going to like severely and rapidly expand their catalog of games available on premium or plus extra. Not plus, <laughs> just extra. Um I just don't I don't think this is I this is nonsensical to me. No. I mean, obviously it's just very greedy unless they're like we're going to let you play everything forever.
0: I mean, that's the thing it's like I like extra. And I'm glad I have it. I do play games on it regularly. Like, I'm playing new release Sea of Stars, which I'll talk about in a minute, and that was on there. Um, And, like, it got Moving Out too, which I haven't gotten around to, but, like, that's, you know, day one release. It's getting better. But most... It's an incredibly valuable package if you didn't have a PS4. Like, it's a wildly good package if you did have a PS4 and you played most of the big hitters. It's, like, a it's like an okay package. Mm-hmm. But raising the price is making me question that a lot more, you know?
1: Yeah. And it's like, how could you ever justify this pricing when Game Pass exists?
0: Yeah. And Game Pass is a very similar price. So I guess that's probably why they're doing it. But like Game Pass has major, re- like you're raising the price, but to match Game Pass, but Game Pass gives us all the first party titles on release day. If you put Spider-Man 2 on here day one, I'll be here.
1: Yeah. I can play Fartfield day one. I could play Fartfield at eight PM on Tuesday tomorrow.
0: <laughs> that's not day one, that's eight PM day zero.
1: <laughs> and you want me to pay a hundred and seventy thousand dollars, a hundred billion trillion dollars just to stream Monkey Island? No.
0: Monkey Island?
1: I don't know. I think I what was actually think of thinking Ape of Ape Escape. <laughs> And they don't even have the full Ape Escape catalog. Like, that's how bad it is. It's like, I can't even play all of the Ape Escape games. What the? I have to heck. play them, like, piecemeal. It's just...
0: What the freaking heck. That's all I gotta it's, say.
1: It's infuriating. Um, which might be an emotion that Andrew feels when he plays Final Fantasy 16.
0: Mm-hmm. We'll <laughs> talk about that. I'll talk about that in a minute. <laughs> um,
1: so, Final the- Fantasy sixteen. Is we'll be getting a uh, two paid DLCs, as well as a, a PC version in development now. So that is a going to be a PC version of the full game that they are working on currently, and two paid DLCs. I feel like how many did Fifteen have DLCs?
0: Um, like it had eight scheduled. Uh, why do you look so surprised?
1: Eight is a lot of yes, of paid it's
0: a. It released five of them. Uh,
1: Even five is quite a bit.
0: It's a ton. Fifteen was also not a hundred percent finished, and that DLC kind of finished it. So,
1: wow. I am um, not
0: justifying the five DLC at all. Don't. No,
1: me. I no, I I hear you. Uh, there is also a, a free update that you can download now, Andrew. I know you are still playing Final Fantasy sixteen. No, I am not. Okay. I know you're done playing Final Fantasy
0: 16. <laughs> I actually it closed. I had like uh, an hour left of the game, and I just had my PS5 in rest mode. And then I turned it on. It was like we turned off your game to update it, and I was like, "Bro, oh. why'd you do that?" And I only lost like three minutes, but I was like, "Why did you shut it off without asking?" I yeah. don't. I don't need the onion sword.
1: <laughs> the onions. It is uh, that is what it's called, onion sword. Yeah, but you get new outfits for Clive.
0: Yeah, I didn't and put Jill. Them on. And Torgel. Well I I'm not going to say specifics but like I was in the late game Clive was the only person on screen for most of the last 2 hours so like I didn't need the outfits and also uh I'm the type where I like base outfits for a first playthrough anyway so
1: Why wouldn't they release a Clive swimwear collect uh, uh skin?
0: That's the paid DLC.
1: Or there's $35. they already have modeled Clive in the nude. Why wouldn't that be a skin that they could give us? I'm just asking, like, not for any nefarious purposes. I'm just curious why they couldn't do that. So I
0: played uh, Final Fantasy 16. <laughs> <laughs> I made it a, a goal of mine. I'm, an, we're, you know, we're in the middle of this long weekend. I was like, I am not leaving this weekend without finishing Final Fantasy 16. I need this game to be done. I like it, but I'm, I need it to be finished. Um, I think last week I was approaching the last, like five to ten hours of the game and I was a little bit weary because this game has so much fluff in it so like the the high action, high paced main story segments are incredibly good top of the line, visually beautiful very engaging story, incredibly acted, very fun to play and then they make you have a bunch of parts where you walk around grab something, walk back, give it to the person have a standstill cutscene where you don't move and you guys just talk to each other And you have to do that a whole lot. My overall playthrough was 35 hours. I would guess... I I think this game should have been like 25 hours. Maybe 20. And it would have been like an all-timer. It would have been incredible. The two big things, if it was a little more difficult... Or had a difficulty option, I should say. If it had more difficulty options... And was shorter... This game would be like truly incredible... But as it stands, it was really dragged down by the fluff, and that was indicated because the last ten hours were awesome. They were really good because it was just main story content, all highly animated cutscenes, lots of high octane action, really no no breaks. It's just go 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 story story story. Um, I really like where the story went. You know, I think it's pretty standard for stories to stay like grounded and then become like a let's fight God situation in the last like third of the game. That's a very JRPG thing to do. Mm-hmm. Um, it's very hit Persona. or miss yeah it's very well, <laughs> this one at least had the god they introduced the godlike figure pretty early versus like after you defeat what you thought was the main villain like yeah. you know the main villain from like hour like seven they introduce the character um which is still kind of late but you know i get it to an extent but i really liked where it went it was super beautiful the ending is really not what I expected. Obviously, no spoilers, um, but I just was really I was surprised by where it went. Um, I, it's okay. Here's what I'll say: Final Fantasy 15. A lot of people call it like unfinished masterpiece, flawed masterpiece. I disagree. I think Final Fantasy 15 is an a very odd game. It's weird. But it's really good because it has a clear vision of what it's doing. The main goal is like you're hanging out with the boys and you're on a road Drive trip. Drive a car. Yeah. Be a little gay. Be a little gay. Just a little bit, though.
1: Just a little bit. Just the tip.
0: Okay. Uh, I guess uh, checkbox this week.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. It's okay.
0: That's not a checkbox. Uh, you were talking about the... um.
1: The tip of the car.
0: Alright, I feel like we should just move on before you say more. Uh, But like Fifteen had a clear vision of what it was and what it was doing and it was weird, but I appreciated that, you know? The side quests were silly and kind of dumb, but it was what forged your bonds with your party members. I feel like this game is a flawed masterpiece where the good parts are truly incredible and great but there's so much like weird unnecessary fluff because it's like oh, it's a JRPG, it has to have side content. Oh, it's a JRPG, it has to have like fetch quests. I'm like no, no, no. Make this a Devil May Cry game. except that it's an action game. That's fine. Make it linear. That's fine. Stop forcing us down these fairly boring paths. During the main story, I did not do any side content. I did one side quest and said, mm, this is going to be bad. I'm just going to do main quest. And even then, there was a bunch of like unnecessary side stuff I was forced to do. It just feels like it... 15 is a weirdo game with five DLCs and like everything about it is odd. But 16 is a great game held back by, like, its necessities. Like, it felt like it had to do certain things. Yeah. And that really disappointed me.
1: You know what a good linear Final Fantasy game is if you're looking for a linear Final Fantasy experience? No. Final Fantasy 13. Oh. Arguably yeah. the most linear Final Fantasy game to ever exist.
0: Yeah. I think that's a good argument. Did
1: you, you played 13, Yes, right? yeah,
0: I played 13 when I was younger. It's funny because, like, I played 10 later before I, like, developed my critical sense. And I was like, this game's just as linear because 10 does have a ton of straight paths and there is the same thing. But the thing that makes 13 feel way more linear is the fact that when you get into battles, you just press X to auto battle and don't think.
1: Yeah, I love not thinking.
0: Well, I know you love not thinking, but I don't think that's <laughs> the <same with> your <laughs> video games.
1: I like 13. I like 13, too. 13, did not like lightning light,
0: right? returns oh i'm um, not
1: a fan of that one
0: since we're kind of pushing on time I'll, I'll jump to the next thing i played and give you my early impressions new release sea of stars this is from sabotage an independent studio you might know them they made the messenger this game is a top-down jrpg classic it's not made in japan but it's inspired by games like chrono trigger games like mario rpg um I kind of expected to just touch on it so I could talk about it on the show and maybe leave it behind because there's so many games. I'm not going to do that. It's really, really good. It is visually stunning. I played the Messenger and I loved it, and that was like 2018, those five years ago. I loved that game, so I knew that they could pull pixel off, pixel art off, really well. But this is obviously a very different style. It's not a 2D side scroller. It's a top-down JRPG. But they did a great job. It is visually beautiful. The music is incredible. They have the composer from Chrono Trigger working on this game, in addition to the, the sound designer from uh, The Messenger. And I adore the music. It's absolutely top of the line. Um, the gameplay is very fun. I said it's similar to Mario RPG, because you can time your button presses with the attacks to do more damage or to block enemy attacks. Not entirely necessary, but a fun little addition to make combat more engaging, even in, like, fast, random battles. Um, There are no random battles, though, because you only encounter people in the field, and it feels, I'm three hours in, it definitely feels like they're doling out the number of enemies that you need to be a good level, but they don't over-inundate you. So if you want to grind, you probably could, but it's kind of implied that, like, if you just stick to the critical path, you'll be at the level you need to be at to enjoy a healthy challenge, you know? Um, I'm really loving this game. I highly recommend it, and also it's on PlayStation Plus Extra and Game Pass day 1 which is kind of odd but good for them you know get that bag they you're sold friends with everybody they're they're just friends across the board they also sold 100,000 units on release day which is a lot for an indie game that is also on two surfaces for free um, i'm excited to see where this game goes it's on everything it's on PC PlayStation Xbox Switch so if you're interested please give it a look the studio deserves all the attention they're getting i really like them i watched the first half of a documentary on the making of this game Um, and then they started talking about this game and I turned it off because I was like I'm going to play it I don't want to see it Uh, but I really like the studio I think they're really honest and cool people and they built something really special here I will be talking about it more probably because I'm not stopping I'm going to keep playing and I'm looking forward to this game I wish it wasn't long because uh, there's too many games coming out but hey they earned it They, they got my time and I'm already in I am in
1: are you engaged in the story or do you want to wait to talk about that until you're, Oh, I
0: guess, I guess I didn't bring that up. The story thus far. The story hasn't really unraveled a ton. Um, you're solstice warriors, which means like you were born special. So they take you to, once you're like, I think they were like 15 ish. They took us to a special Academy and we trained for 10 years. The two main characters, um, And we're out to, you know, save the world from evil. We don't really know what that evil is yet at the three-hour mark. It's more focused on developing the characters as people and their development with their friend, Garl, who is not special. He's just a dude who likes to cook. Um, And I don't know where it's going to go, but the writing is really good, Um, which is really important in a game with no voice acting, obviously, uh, because you're doing a lot of reading. But it's really well written so far. Characters are really charming. All of the character portraits kind of elevate everything they're saying because they have so many facial expressions. Um, Yeah, I'm really enjoying it, and I I look forward to seeing what story is because I don't really know right now. Basically, we're we're going to thwart evil, and that's that's (laughs) that's it. Um, And like, there's two older characters who've like been whispering in every scene, being like, "Should we tell them? Tell them what? I don't know." But we don't know what what, we don't know yet. So oh, I don't like
1: when adults whisper. I guess I am an adult. Hey, Kelly, don't you hear a secret? Yes. I'm whispering and you don't like that. Yeah, I'm also whispering and I don't like that because I feel like we're doing ASMR for the audience. Kelly, have you played any video games? You might be shocked to hear that I am still playing Baldur's Gate 3. (gasps) Yeah.
0: Yeah. I'm shocked to hear that you've been playing Baldur's Gate 3.
1: (laughs) Well, here's what's happening, folks. I started the game and I, and I went with the same build, same race that I did for my early, my first early access playthrough for nostalgia's sake. And I got all the way to act three and I was like, I think I want to restart. No, <laughs> really? Um, It wasn't necessarily that I was like, I felt like I had just rushed through a lot of the game. Yeah. Because truth be told, I got to act three in like 40 hours. Um and I felt like I really rushed through the first act because it, I had done a lot of it in early access.
0: Yeah, that makes sense.
1: And there were certain story choices that I wanted to change and redo. Oh. So I rerolled. I started a new game. Um I picked a bard instead. Uh t- took my time with act 1 and act 2. I re- just I realized just how much content I missed. In my first go around oh no um and i was like wow i really was rushing even i was even like my level i was super underleveled in my first playthrough when i got to act three and now when i've gotten to act three i feel like i'm at an appropriate level where i'm not just getting curb stomped every battle <laughs> desperately using fireball hoping and praying that i can escape this encounter with my entire party intact um <laughs> i have also been making new story decisions that I did not make the first go around, um, and 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 just sort of absorbing the world a little bit more.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I'm romancing a different character,
0: <laughs> um,
1: which isn't important.
0: It's no, that's very important. What?
1: It's important to me. It might not be important to some. I wanted to romance the vampire. There, I said okay.
0: it. Yeah, that's good. I'm glad.
1: Um, so I am. So I am doing that.
0: I'm excited uh, to see that.
1: Yeah, I I guess what I will say that I probably haven't talked about earlier when I was talking about the game. Um, I do think Act 3 is where things get a little bit muddy. Because the game, at that point you've been playing for like 40, 50 hours maybe. Uh-huh. Maybe longer if you really take your time. So there are a lot of choices that you make, a lot of character interactions, a lot of story beats that you may or may not have hit. So sometimes act three can be a little bit like, whoa, like there's a lot thrown at you at the same time. Acts one and two sort of have a structure path that you can follow narratively, whereas three opens up to you and just says, okay, go do what you need to do. And it's like, <laughs> okay, but I need help. Like, what do you want me to do? And they're like, no, just do they it. figure it out. Okay, fair enough. Um, I will say there's also like, uh i don't know if this is going to be the same on playstation i assume not i have noticed a lot of frame dropping in act three mm. i don't want to get super spoilery but you're in a location where there's a lot going on um so it is not super shocking that there's frame drops i wish there wasn't
0: so as um, you're restarting the game partially hoping that when you get back there it's fixed
1: Kind of. There's been two big patches as of recording today. um, And I know they're working on a big performance one uh, for the next one. So we'll see. I think I'm probably going to get to this place before they release patch number three. But um, these kinds of things don't bother me as much. Frames don't bother me as much as like graphical integrity. Um, Yeah. But I have heard a lot of different experiences. I, and I don't think it's based on your rig. Like, I've heard people who have very, very nice high end PCs that are still suffering these frame drops. I've heard people with playing on MacBook Airs with a cooler underneath, praying and desperately hoping that their uh, MacBook doesn't melt. So MacBook I don't know. Air. I. <laughs> I saw it on TikTok. Someone was literally playing on a MacBook Air. How is And they that, had an ice pack underneath it.
0: How is that allowed? I don't know. I'm calling the police.
1: I, and people, it was funny. People in the comments were like, you can just stream this to your laptop. Like, you don't have to play it through the laptop. Like, you can use NVIDIA. Yeah. To cloud stream it. And they were like, they were like, what? <laughs> I think a lot of people have seen this game on TikTok and have just started playing it without... The entire context behind the game, behind it being in early access for so long, behind um, its sort of d background, behind its difficulty. It is, in my opinion, it is a difficult game. Um, there are obviously different um, difficulty settings. I'm playing on the medium setting right now. I guess it would be medium or standard. I don't know. Um, but it is difficult, and you really do have to think and i think some people are used to button mashing. Like i was playing Final Fantasy 16 before this and i felt in Final Fantasy 16 i was pretty much just button mashing,
0: mm-hmm. which
1: to be completely fair and honest, that's how most Final Fantasies go for me.
0: It's just even the turn-based ones, yeah.
1: Yeah, so it's like when you go from that to like something like this, it's like, oh, i have to like got to turn my brain on a little bit. Got to be uh-huh. using my thinking cap a little bit. So, i'm i'm eager to see how it how it's going to look on ps5 how um reviews are going to look for that and then obviously eventually xbox um i mean people know how month. it is on
0: ps5 it's out on early access i just haven't played it myself
1: that's true but it just came out on early access like two days ago yeah so i'm that not 100 sure yeah. but um but yeah so i'm i'm sort of excited to see i'm excited to finish the game uh, I'm excited to see, like, the endgame stuff. There's a whole lot that I haven't seen yet in Act 3. I mean, I barely scratched the surface, so. But, um, unfortunately, I have a very busy week ahead of me, and a very busy weekend, and also a fart field coming out that I have to be playing, because I am ever loyal to Mr. Howard, who has done nothing but Don't lie to me. say that. To, who has been cruel to me, who has,
0: Mr. Uh, Howard?
1: hurt me he hasn't hurt me physically
0: i was gonna say he has emotionally
1: (laughs) um so we'll see you know we'll see when i actually finish baldur's gate i'm gonna have to do a little bit of juggling i'm gonna have to be doing starfield baldur's gate starfield baldur's gate so
0: we got a freaking clown over here she's gonna be juggling
1: i'm gonna be juggling it's funny that you said clown there is a clown in baldur's gate 3 and i just did that quest yesterday
0: Mm. was it juggling just like you're about to be
1: I'm not going to tell you what he was doing because it's not appropriate.
0: What the heck? I'm what just of video game. Are you playing, Kelly?
1: I'm just kidding. I it it is spoilery though, so I'm not going to say anything. Oh, okay, that's okay. Because I know you're going to be playing this game eventually, and I don't want to ruin anything for you.
0: Yeah, I don't know. Or when. our listeners. I, no promises, everybody. I know it would probably be best for the audience who desperately, violently wants to know my impressions, but it won't be this week because Starfield and Sea of Stars, Sea of Starfields.
1: See if Star farts.
0: Isn't it Fart Field?
1: Sometimes you got to switch it up a little bit. Mm. Keep I, everybody on their toes.
0: The only thing I want to switch up is uh, going home.
1: Oh. Well, you
0: are home. We're Ugh, recording crap. from our
1: homes right now.
0: What do I do after this episode then?
1: Uh, I don't know. Go for a walk.
0: It's um, like 95 degrees outside.
1: <laughs> I uh uh thank you everybody so much for listening this week <laughs> uh-huh. i hope you have a really awesome fart field week i hope that uh you had a great uh long weekend if you were able to have a long weekend um and we are excited to talk to you next week about uh elder scroll 6 which is coming out uh tomorrow at 8 p.m
0: oh yeah elder Scrolls 6 That's what we're talking about next week. Oh, we were talking at the beginning of the show, but we are going to be talking about Bethesda next week a lot. It's because uh, Elder Scrolls 6 is out next week. Andrew? Yeah.
1: That is literally the joke I was telling earlier this episode, and you just sat there and stared at me silently.
0: I'm sorry. What did I do wrong?
1: You know what? We'll talk about it off air.
0: Oh, no. (laughs) That's the most threatening thing I've ever heard.
1: No, I'm just kidding. But I made that joke earlier, and I said... When we were talking about Elder Scrolls Six, I said I'm excited to be talking about a, a more Elder Scrolls Six next week because we have the Thesda news next week and it's all about about Elder Scrolls Six. And you were just staring at me like I was like I had another head, like I grew out another head of my neck.
0: You have two heads on your neck? I don't understand what you're saying.
1: Thank you guys so much for listening. <laughs> I am I, I don't think I can do this anymore. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <No. Episode SSSSSSR> I'm just <105, SSSSR> kidding. Five last episode.
1: I'm just kidding. We'll see you guys next. Or we'll hear. Uh, you'll hear us uh, next week. <laughs> okay. Bye.